Hello, Being at Work listeners. This is your host, Andrea Butcher. And as you know, this is a show that brings leadership lessons to life through stories. And across May, June, and July, we're partnering with our friends at Gibson as their CEO and chairman of the board, Tim Lehman, shares some of his best stories and highlights three ways to find and own your leadership edge. After all, Gibson is a firm of advisors and consultants that help their clients get to the proactive side of insurance and find their edge. This plays out internally at Gibson as well as they're employee-owned and have such a unique culture, unique to their industry, as you'll hear in Tim's stories. They also have their own podcast appropriately titled The Edge, so be sure to check that out. In today's mini-episode, I asked Tim about self-awareness as a key to finding and owning your leadership edge. Listen in as he talks about the importance of finding your unique abilities, the importance of assessment tools and actually using the tools, and the specific ways in which he tracks progress along the way. Check it out. I'll start with going back growing up. You know, my dad grew up on a farm in uh, Northwest Indiana, and um He's met every challenge in his life through brute force and just working harder. And so he tried to re- recreate farm life for us in uh, suburban Fort Wayne by, you know, having a little bit of acreage and planting these full on massive gardens. We had about a dozen apple trees. And I I'm, think half the reason my parents had the three of us was to provide labor for the garden and the, and the orchard. <laughs> And he was also in sales himself and, you know, was very open with us about that of, I mean, dad, why are you going to the office on Saturday? Why are you doing these things? And like, well, because I don't get a, I don't get a regular paycheck. I only get a paycheck when something happens. So I don't think I realized for quite a long time that it was even an option to mail it in. I just only knew that you always had to work hard, always had to give it, give your best. And as a teenager, then I started having uh, my buddies didn't seem to have to work as hard or do as many things as I had to do. And then I, then I realized it was, it was an option, but, um, he also had tied a lot of incentives to it all the way, even through college, you know, every semester I had a certain GPA, he would reimburse my books. So I had to buy my books before that he split scholarships with me, gave 50 cents on the dollar refund. So, you know, Andrea, I, I leased a brand new Honda Civic my senior year at ISU because I had so much, I had by then I had a full ride going on. And so I got a check for like $4,500 in wow. 1996 in September because that was half of my uh, tuition back from my dad. So all of that stuff kind of helped me early on. I mean, I knew I was really a top line focused person. Um, I hustled, I was competitive and I, and I really got all of that. But I was also probably defined a lot by how other people define me. And, you know, it was teachers, professors, parents, bosses, it kind of was on a surface level and and I tended to do a lot of things really well and um, I could do detail if I needed to, didn't love it, but I, I didn't really appreciate all of that. And a couple of things um, really changed, I think, in the last 10 years. So one is that we implemented EOS and the traction system at Gibson. So that idea of really defining accountability and who owns a particular area, a seat or a chair 
and what that meant and also playing in your strengths and the, that that special zone eos borrows a lot from dan sullivan at strategic coach so i got really deep into my unique abilities you know and for somebody really competitive that tries to do everything really well you start carving off the i'm not good at it and i don't like it it was hard to even admit that i'm not good at it and you get to level three and you know and then Time you get to like two is really tough. I'm actually pretty good at it and I like it. I don't love it. It helped me really begin to appreciate about specializing and playing into your strengths rather than trying to adjust all the things that you're not as good at. And then the second thing about the same time was joining YPO and being around people who were further down that path than I was and not only were they having a lot more fun and more energy because they spent their time doing only the things they liked. And I'd been brought up in this model of that. That felt selfish to just get rid of some things I just didn't want to do. I just assumed they came with the job. And also they were so much more productive in their companies, their families, everybody got a better version of them. Something about it, I think it's kind of that, that Midwestern work ethic or something just didn't feel right. And one of those moves that they highly encouraged me to do is you have to get an executive assistant in the culture at Gibson was always for 85 years, probably at that point in time, never. What do you think you're better than somebody? Hmm. And I remember um, after hiring um, Katie, who's just, you know, game changer for me personally in the company, talking with my predecessor and I was actually talking with his wife and her name's Mary Downs and Mary was a uh, chief of staff for governor Kernan. So she's a great leader and great, operator. And she said, biggest mistake that Greg made, Greg being her husband, my predecessor, was to not hire an executive assistant. Wow. And he just always wishes he would have. And it's not about being better than somebody. It's just a, like everything in life, just play in a place that you're great at. And it doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like work along the way. Gibson has always had assessments. I remember taking about 417 of them when I, you know, <laughs> came here 17 years ago. I remember being with you, I think in 07 or 08, right. and we did one, but I, we really didn't use them a whole lot. It's like we, it was on the list of things we should do before we hire somebody. Mm -hmm. We didn't really share them. We didn't talk mm -hmm. about them. And when we rebranded in 2018, it's, it's interesting to think about a rebranding, driving better culture and better growth for our people. But we really began to, to speak to it's our mission. It's our just cause to help help our people and our clients find their edge and then own it. And we're an employee-owned organization. We share in, in the success. And so it, it just kind of gnawed at me that we have all these, you know, assessments. We, we use Colby have for a long time. We don't spend any time teaching our people. So since then, a couple of members of our HR team have become certified. I feel like I'm unofficially certified. <laughs> I've seen and worked through so many of them. But now we're really intentional about spending time with people in that space and helping them understand it and really, truly get what they're all about, because it just felt false to say, we're going to help you find your edge and own it if, if we weren't really helping you. What is your edge? What is unique and special about that? And following it up, I think, with the permission to as best as you can. And I, I get it. I'm in a privileged situation as CEO, probably easier for me to be able to make the decision that I get to spend, spend my time doing the things I really am good at and love doing. 
But for all of our people, though, we just even talk about if you can just put a bigger chunk of your time into those things and divvy up the labor. And it's interesting what's happened, even like in our sales teams, the biggest producer, the biggest salesperson early on was the sales team leader because that was part of the ego and that's part of the role and the title. Most salespeople don't truly want to do all the things they need to do to be a great leader. And it's not what they're, most of them are not best at. And so what's happened in the evolution that's occurred is that more maybe the relationship manager on the team has begun to emerge as more often being assigned the leader of the team now, not the biggest, the one person with the biggest book of business or whatever. So it's really cool to watch that evolution. And one of the people that has been really valuable in, in my life personally and professionally is a guy by the name of Larry Lenny. He works in the insurance industry space and, and kind of a business coach. And so when I was first getting into Colby and starting to understand it better, and Larry's been using Colby for years, he looked at my four numbers and, and like a lot of these things just, I mean, went deeper than I've ever had anybody do, just off four numbers. And um, knows, he knows Kimra and he was coming to visit and he's like, hey, have Kimra do this. I'll, I'll, not that you need it, but I'm going to give you guys some marriage counseling. And it was kind of said as a joke or whatever, but. To this day, I'll be like, it's been seven or eight years ago now. Kimura remembers that Larry's little session with us. And I think the one comment he made, because I'm a quick start. So on the third bar, I'm a nine. And all my other bars are really low. So it's all amplified into one spot. There's lots of great things about that, Andrea. But I can just wear people out as well and all that. So uh, Kimura on that bar is like a five, I think. And he's like, so let me guess, Kimura. You know, you've pumped the brakes on him over the years, but you probably never slammed the brakes. And she's like, yeah, probably only like one time. And it was when we were going to move to um, Atlanta and I'd leave in Indianapolis. I'd verbally accepted the job. We were there on a house hunting visit. She said, I don't like it here. It's not for me. I'm like, but I already resigned and I've already accepted. She's like, I know, but I'm not moving here. So it was the best thing that ever happened to us, though. I resurrected the Phoenix opportunity, and we moved there instead, and, and she was right. But she gets a kick out of that of pumping the brakes but not slamming them, which slamming the brakes is really difficult for a quick start. So it's been really neat helping our people better understand themselves. We love Pat Lencioni's working genius as well. It's really easy to, I think, to understand and pairing people up and all that. And then even recently, we've opened up new markets in Arizona and Phoenix and Tucson. And we did a seminar with Colby. And so their president, Amy, spoke at that. And it was really cool to even to hear her talking through this and, and sharing, you know, how she's used it and, and sharing like how the value even like with families and, and all the rest of that. And so I've actually done this with all my kids now. We all have our Colby scores. We know what they are and we know how the parts and pieces fit together. But as Amy was going through that, one of the cool things she said is like, you should never have one extra person in a meeting. And what she, she told our audience that day was, look at everybody's Colby scores and you kind of only need one of those type of people in the room. So wow. if you got multiples of that, you're just kind of wasting their, their time. And so skinny it down to the least number of people that are going to bring some diverse ways of thinking or approaching problems. And so um, just, again, always learning on those type of things. Oh, so good. Well, and it definitely connects back to 
the power of the team because you're strengthening the individuals within the team and helping them all recognize the individual parts they play so that they can work closer together. And today, after eight years or so of EOS, we've had a couple of iterations of our leadership team, additions, subtractions, and so on. It's, you know, actually just the absolute best version of it. We just put together a new 10-year vision for the company. We're expanding nationally. And no sooner had we just started kind of even the draft strokes of this whole thing just a few months ago, all of a sudden, like the seas parted and mm -hmm. what was just a Phoenix opportunity became a Tucson opportunity. Awesome. And have a firm that's looking to partner with us in um, Salt Lake City and a couple of new salespeople in Chicago that start soon. And all of that just coming together. And so I've been back kind of out on the road again, about one week a month. I'm, I'm traveling out to the Mountain West and having a great time doing it. Everybody on the leadership team looks at it and thinks it's absolutely exhausting. I'm going to blow it here by sharing this. They just think it's terrible. They ask me how I'm doing, how am I making it with my, being away from my family. And while I don't love being away from my family, I brought them along and also, I'm just having a blast and doing the things that I get to do every day, oh, yeah. meeting new people, sharing our story, lathering them up, as my COO partner, Brock, says, um, chief lathering officer, getting them excited about our opportunities. I can't get enough of that. And yeah. that's kind of terrifying for everybody else. But for the first time in a long time, I'm not at every weekly LT meeting anymore, not even zooming in on them. And I don't worry about it a bit. I know they got it. And in fact, in a lot of ways, it's valuable because that sometimes as much as I try not to, dominating a lot of those meetings and so on, mm -hmm. it's, it just creates a lot more air for everybody else in the room. And that enhances everything, accountability and ownership, and they're empowered and they're growing and they don't need me on a lot of those things. How can our listeners best connect with you? If they want to learn more about you, Gibson, The Edge, tell us where to find you. One of the, the best places to go and just a singular place would be on LinkedIn. And um, Tim and last name Layman, L-E-M-A-N. So my name spelled a little bit unique for Layman. So it should be easy to find. I'm really active on there. Often I'll tell a story about something goofy that I just learned or did or watching some other people be successful. But by doing that, then my email and our website and all those kind of things are, are there and will be easy to find. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.